Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. And hello, welcome in. Friday edition of the program. So glad to have you with us and a packed hour show for you today as we send you into the weekend. And I tell you what, today we're going to talk a little Pacers basketball. That's not something that we do all the time here on the show, but I watched both of the semifinal games or at least portions of both semifinal games last night for the first ever NBA Cup in-season tournament. And the Indiana Pacers are the shock of professional basketball right now. They are in Vegas. They won their semifinal game eliminating a really good Milwaukee Bucks team with some superstar talent. And they are headed to take on LeBron James and the Lakers on Saturday on a big platform. I can remember days of youth when Reggie Miller was in Indianapolis and the Pacers were making the playoffs and at times making runs into the playoffs. Those were great memories, as big as any Indiana-Purdue or big IU game I can remember as a child. Uh, Maybe we can get back to that with Tyrese Halliburton and this new Indiana Pacers team that is taking the NBA by storm. So we're going to start talking about the Pacers here in just a moment, but first, quickly... Let's get to the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Segment one, from Las Vegas, from the site of the NBA in-season tournament, Dustin Dopierak of the Indianapolis Star is going to join us. Uh, He is there. He's covering the Pacers for the Star, and we'll talk with him about the Pacers' run-up to the championship game and the challenge that is ahead in the Lakers. Also later today, Dylan Wallace. He's always with us on Fridays. We'll talk IU basketball and the Auburn game coming up on Saturday. Coach Signetti, the new IU football coach, his new staff is now complete. We'll discuss that. We'll break that down. And then we'll close out with another member of the Indianapolis Star Sports Department, Kyle Nedenrip of the Indianapolis Star, who is always with us on Fridays, recruiting high school basketball, and more with Kyle when he's with us today on the show. That's the lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Check them out for great sandwiches, salads, and soups that are made fresh daily, and they will surely satisfy any craving you have. You might even find something else to take home as they have a variety of dinner packages. Give Honey Baked Ham in New Albany a try. I think you'll be glad that you did. Thornton's text line is open. That number 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. My question is, 
Did you watch the Pacers? Are you enthused about any of this? Do you like the in-season tournament? Because a few people that I've heard from and friends that I talk with, they've watched more Pacers basketball here in the last few days, last week or so, than maybe what they've watched in a number of years, at least down here in southern Indiana where we're a little bit outside of the metro Indy area. So curious your thoughts, 502-414-1450. If you're looking for an icy cold thirst quencher to keep your day going in the right direction, right now at Thornton, all 32-ounce fountain drinks and smaller are only 89 cents. You heard it right, only 89 cents. So come in today and grab a fountain drink from Thornton's. Send us a text on the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. Dustin Dopirak of the Indianapolis Star, he's typically with us on Wednesdays, and even though he's transitioned to be the Pacers beat writer, we still talk a lot of IU with him. We still talk a lot of college sports with Dustin, and at times we kind of avoid the Pacers a little bit, and that's what he now is an expert on. So, Dustin, it's great to welcome you on from Las Vegas with this Pacers team playing some great basketball and talk about the topic that you write about and interview on every single day. So, the Pacers taking the NBA by storm, my friend. No, absolutely. I mean, it's it is wild to watch this, and, and you know, in the middle of December, like as you kind of mentioned, I mean, it's in-season tournament is really grabbing a lot of attention. Um, because, you know, usually, you know, uh, people are kind of, uh, to a degree asleep to the NBA, uh, until Christmas. I mean, really, you, you, you get really delved into football at this time of year, you know, when you're, you're getting, uh, you know, through the end of the college football season, you're getting toward playoffs in the NFL. I mean, that's really who's grabbing the spotlight and college gets started. And obviously every individual college game is more, um, more meaningful, uh, because you have just 82 in the NBA as good as the product is, you know, nobody really stands, you know. Uh, it just doesn't grab a lot of attention until it's Christmas Day, and they, they take the whole day over. And you're like, oh, the NBA, that's right, I forgot it's a thing. Um, and, you know, here's the Pacers, you know, obviously come in, haven't made the playoffs in a couple of years, very young team, bunch of guys on this team haven't have not ever played a playoff game. Um, and they've come in and, you know, pretty much shocked everybody. I mean, you know, beat, beating Milwaukee in this Eastern final, beat, you know, Boston uh, on Monday, beat beat Philadelphia as part of pool play, you know, ran the table in pool play. Um, and, and they're still 12 and 8. They, they've lost some games they shouldn't lose in the regular season, but they've really taken this thing seriously. They've seen this as an opportunity to put themselves on the map, and they very much have, and they get to play, you know, they get to play LeBron James, uh, you know, in the final. And this obviously, to some extent, this this uh, this you know event was created to put you know some superstars on them you know um, you know on on TV uh, you know and, and make them um, you know just put them in a bigger spotlight at this time of year and you know Tyrese Halliburton and the Pacers knocked all these guys out and they get to be the ones to play LeBron James in Vegas you know you're seeing I mean it, it, the games are being played at neutral site basically every major NBA writer uh, and broadcaster and everything else is here to watch these games and it's the Pacers who only get one who only had one other national TV game. Uh, on the schedule this year, a January 30th game on TNT against the Celtics. That's the only time they were on TNT or ESPN this year. Uh, they've tripled that just on the versus, you know, on, on the basis of being part of this tournament. So, um, really grabbed everybody's attention. Obviously, Tyrese Halliburton has been exceptional. We'll talk more about him, but it's it's been wild to see uh, these Pacers, you know, come out and really use this event uh, to sort of just blow up the, you know, just uh, exponentially increase their amount of exposure this year. Yeah, quick text on the Thornton's text line. Texter says that they think the courts are ugly and it makes the product 
hard to watch. <laughs> I, I don't know. I could go either way. I think sometimes it's it's cool that they you can turn the TV on. I think the point of the court was you can turn the TV on and not know anything really about what's going on or who's playing, but you can tell it's a tournament game because the court is different. Yeah. So from a marketing perspective, mm-hmm. I get it. I guess everybody has their preferences on what looks good on your television screen and what doesn't. But while we're on that topic, before we get to Halliburton, it did look really neat there. Did they have like the lights out? There was like like a blue tint to the audience last night. Can you tell us more about that? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if that's typical. Uh, I've never been in a game at T-Mobile Arena, but yeah, I mean, it's it, it, the crowd is very dark. Um, basically, the, the crowd seats are, are are very dark. I mean, you you get in there and it's just very just it's just darkened all around the court, and the court is shining. Uh, and and it's just like seems just like all the light is on the floor, and everybody else is sort of in darkness. And I don't know why that is. I don't know if they you know because basically its main purpose is to be the home. Um, home ice for the Las, you know, the Las Vegas Golden Knights. And so I don't know if that's, if it's typically like that for a Golden Knights game. There didn't seem to be a whole lot of light fixtures for the crowd. Um, in general, I mean, it's got a very Vegas feel to it, I guess, uh, overall. So I, I don't know if that's kind of part of the deal there. Um, but it, yeah, I mean, you, you walk in the building, even the first time when we were walking in for practice, it was just like the court is very lit up. Everything else is very not. It's got this, this it, its whole vibe is different, um, from what you see for the rest of the NBA, which does tend to be a little more lit up when it comes to, uh, the crowd itself. But yeah, it has a cool vibe to it. You know, it makes the, makes the court stand out, makes the players stand out a little bit more. And so yeah, it adds to that feeling of, of this is something different. I mean, the other, the flip side of it is on some level, um, from a, you know, still photo perspective, it kind of reminds you of the bubble, you know, like it's, it, it's very different. Obviously there was a lot of people there, you know, when the, when the bubble certainly had no one, uh, from a crowd perspective, but there was, it, it seems like you, you look at, I think you look at pictures from last night. I mean, if you look at the still photos on some way, they, they look, uh, similar to the ones that came out of the bubble, which was a little bit odd and, and takes you back to a weird place. Um, but I, that, that I think, uh, but it, it definitely makes the players stand out a little bit more and, and, and it grabs you a little bit more both in on TV and in, in the still photos we got. Talking with Dustin Dopirak, he's in Las Vegas covering the Pacers for the Indianapolis star. Let's talk about Tyrese Halliburton a little bit more. Uh, do the Pacers have a permanent big time star here? I know he's been breaking out all season long, but I feel like this in-season tournament, some of the success the Pacers have had recently in this tournament have helped him kind of elevate his stature in the NBA already. Oh, for sure. And and, and it's wild to consider because he had this huge uh, summer, really. Uh, you know, basically, obviously had a great year last year to make the All-Star game. Um, and, and this was kind of the summer of Tyrese where, I mean, they really just sort of put him on uh, a stage and left him there all year. I mean, he goes from, uh, you know, getting his max contract. They, they, they put him out as kind of the ambassador for the franchise for a lot of different things you know he was there for the NBA draft lottery you know he was you know basically uh, the Pacers on stage representative he was at the you know the the Indy 500 he drove the pace car and then you know again he got his max deal in July and then he went to the FIBA World Cup and did some great things there so I mean he had a, a lot of uh, opportunities this summer to really you know just just um, expand his exposure uh, but this has just really made everybody talk about him and I feel like he's he's been more of a topic of conversation this week than he has at any other time because you know again they the Pacers don't get a lot of TV uh, you know national TV and really you know the games on TNT and ESPN really drive this league I mean that that really drives who is the the, the 
players that everybody is watching. Um, and certainly, obviously, because these are our television partners, they're putting this guy on and he's putting on a show and he's got to be the guy they talk about. So between TNT and ESPN, he's been the topic this week. Uh, you know, I mean, he was on first take on like Tuesday morning, Stephen A. Smith lamenting that the Knicks didn't take him uh, and took Obi Toppin and have the Pacers have both of them. Um, and so, he, but he's just been phenomenal. I mean, he's really upped his game uh, and he's played fantastic all year. I mean, like it, it, the Pacers have been up and down and they've been better in these tournament games, but Tyrese is just, he's just taking everything up a notch uh, this year. And he was already playing, he already had a super season last year, but no, I mean, he's really risen to the occasion on all these, just hit some massive shots. Um, to win these games, obviously had the four-point play and the triple-double despite being on an inhaler um, on Monday, and now he's in a lot better shape, and then he hits uh, the step-back three to really bury uh, the Bucks last night, and, and you know he's shooting the ball remarkably well. He's around, around 45%. He's about 50% from the field, um, and you know on top of that scoring, he's leading the league in the NBA in assists by a long shot. I mean, uh, he's got like 37 more assists in this event than anybody else in the NBA. I mean, just he has been absolutely sensational. The way he's moving the ball, the pace he's bringing. I mean, he, he's just put everybody on, uh, on, on, you know, notice. I mean, Giannis was going off about how great he is last night, and just everybody is picking up um, just how good of a player he is. And it's just an amazing story. I mean, when you watch, when you really look at him as a player, it stands out just what he's doing because, I mean, that shot is a product of the fact that he was a skinny little kid uh, who had to kind of just shoot from the hip um, because he was so little. And I don't know if you were that little when you were a kid. I was. Um, that you had to like really chuck it from your hip to get it to the hoop if you were trying to hit a three when you were 11 or 12. But that's Tyrese Halliburton um, because he was that skinny, he was that little, and he modified that and you know still having a whole lot of push shot there, and he's shooting 45% from three in the NBA, and it's insane. <laughs> and so it's just it is uh, an incredible story. I got to you know his dad John, you know I got to talk to him before for a story, and he was just going all over the court yesterday just talking how how great Tyrese is and how good this has been for him. And also just that, that this team did not come uh, to this event just to, you know, play nice and put on a nice little show and go home. They intend to win it and they very much intend to. And, and Tyrese Halliburton intends to win it as well. Talking with Dustin Dopierak of the Indianapolis Star. What a storyline for the first ever in-season championship game. Obviously, you've got the Lakers who are tried and true. LeBron James, other star power on that team. They're on national television almost on a daily basis, it seems. And then you've got the Pacers, a younger team, an up-and-coming team led by Tyrese Halliburton, who, as you just mentioned, is getting all sorts of publicity. And it's kind of maybe a young star uh, in this league. So it's a wonderful... I guess David and Goliath storyline. I read something from the Bleacher Report about that this morning, but I think a pretty good situation for the NBA to be in for year one, this big finale in Vegas on Saturday. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I think really once they got to um, their final four, they would have been pretty okay with just about every outcome. Um, because, you know, I mean, you, you like, it was an opportunity both you could be happy if you put your superstars on there, but you could also be happy if you got to, you know, put some young stars that don't get a lot of exposure on there. So once you've got to, uh, you know, these final four in Vegas, I mean, worst case scenario, you would have had Tyrese Halliburton against Zion Williamson. Um, and you'll live with that <laughs> if you're the NBA. That's totally fine with you. If, uh, you know, Zion and Brandon Ingram would have taken it to the Lakers last night, you're perfectly happy having, uh, you know, Zion, who, who was 
the talk of the world, uh, you know, just four years ago. Uh, if, if, if you had him on, on center stage uh, against Tyrese, that's not something you would have complained about um, at all. But, I mean, it, you, you get this scenario where, where you, again, you get to take this superstar who plays this really fun and really unselfish brand of basketball where can make, you know, massive shots. Uh, and he's playing against, you know, his hero growing up. I mean, that Tyrese will be the first to tell you he was a LeBron fan. That was his guy um, growing up. And, you know, he saw a lot of, you know, his, his dad was a big, big Magic Johnson fan, and he saw a lot of uh, Magic in LeBron for the way that LeBron played. And so, you know, Halliburton's up there going against a guy who's 15 years older than him. Um, but, the, and, and, and they're, you know, cool, you know, at, at this point, like Tyrese knows LeBron. He was on his all-star game, all-star team last year. Uh, and it's wild that he gets to play him um, in, in this final. But, it, it, but yeah, it is, it is just a, a perfect setup for this thing. Uh, and, you know, again, it, it's not the main event. You know, there, there are, there's still going to be an NBA finals. They're still going to have to play games. You know, these guys got to be in Detroit on Monday, um, which cracks me up. But, you know, this they, they get to get this center stage now um, and, and, you know, play in this game where everybody's going to be watching. And, and you know, the, having the Lakers on a center stage is always good for the NBA uh, because no one cares about any, you know, they're the, the arguably the most important franchise them in Boston. So anytime that they're on uh, in in a major event, it's a good deal for the league, and then you you get to pit this team that does not get very much exposure on there. It's uh, it's perfect for the NBA, but they they would have been happy with a lot of different scenarios that would have worked out if they had Giannis against LeBron. They'd have been happy with that too. Uh, but a lot has worked out for the league, and it's been a very I think for for an event that really no one was sure what to make of. You know, Adam Silver scored pretty high. Uh, I think with this one, it turned out to be a pretty exciting event. Yeah, I agree with you. It's definitely made me pay a little more attention. Just kind of interesting in how the whole thing works and how it's going to play out. Never dreamed the Pacers, our local team, would be in the championship game or catch fire here during the in-season tournament. As we let you go, uh, Dustin, you've been around sports and you've covered sports at all levels. High school stuff, IU beat, now the Pacers beat. I mean, you're tried and true when it comes to the state of Indiana and media coverage. Um, Do you notice... A big uptick. I mean, I'm, we're way down here in southern Indiana. A lot of listeners, even in Louisville, um, do you notice an uptick in fans and participation and the volume level uh, at the field house for these Pacers games? Do you think this team is igniting uh, maybe a rebirth of some new Pacers fans and bringing back people in the fold that maybe had tuned them out a little bit because of lack of success and lack of maybe a key star? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I, I definitely saw it Monday. I mean, I think, uh, the obviously one thing that kind of dimmed uh, some enthusiasm in the course of this is they had a hand, handful of losses they had no business taking. Um, so you know prior to uh, the Celtics quarterfinal win, uh, which which I thought I mean it was it was really rocking Cambridge for that. Uh, the prior game for that they lost to Portland at home. Um, so I mean they've got you know on the schedule this year they've already lost to Portland, Chicago, Charlotte, and Toronto uh, at home, and I think. I'm not sure where Toronto's at right now, but it's possible that all of those are non-playoff uh, teams. They also got smoked by the Magic. I mean, they were down by, I think, 40 at one point. Um, went ended up losing it by 12. But it was, I mean, that that is, I think, put a damper on it. But I think this this event is really, is going to up it. Again, because, I mean, I, I, and you saw it against Boston. I mean, everybody really showed out for that. It certainly helped. Um that immediately prior to that, they, they managed to beat the Heat without Halliburton, you know, 144 on them in their building. Uh, I think that that got uh, some of the, you know, spice back in, in the crowd. So, I mean, 
long term, you know, looking at it not from a game to game basis, but on the on a bigger picture basis, there is definitely an understanding, I think, among in the city that Halliburton's special. Um, and I think there's there's a greater understanding. I mean, I think that this has put him in a higher echelon. I mean, I think right now. Um, and and it, and it could obviously fade, but right now you're thinking, you know, Tyrese Halliburton is an MVP candidate. I don't think he's going to win it. I mean, I think at the end of the day, it's going to be, you know, Jokic probably, and 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 you'll see Giannis rise back up into that conversation, and and Joel Embiid and the guys that were there last year, and Jason Tatum if the Celtics keep winning at the level they are, and you know, even Anthony Edwards if if, if Minnesota really is going to, you know fight to be a top three seed in the West. Um, you know, those are going to be some guys that are going to be hard for him to beat. But if he's all NBA, if, if he's in, if he's even a dark horse part of that conversation, I mean, it's really going to drive interest uh, in this team for the rest of the year. And, and, and but I think just anybody who's even paid a, the tiniest bit of attention to this team, um, you know, can, can sense that Halliburton is special and not just a special player, but uh, a really, you know, I hate to say it because I may, you know, like I, I come off like too homer if I say this, but he's a special person. I mean, he, he really is a super nice guy. I mean, his whole, you know, drip, you know, point um, is to elevate other people, and that that's how he plays the game. That's what his style is: is to set everybody else up. Um, and he's just, you know, he's just an easygoing guy. And he's around other people, like you know, anybody he's around, you know, like, uh, clubhouse guys, you know, just anybody he sees, he's trying to elevate and he doesn't make anybody feel like they're smaller than him. You know, I mean, that that's a, an amazing thing that he does. So if you've been around this guy, you just, you know, I mean, like watching him elevate your mood, being around him, elevate your, just your mood, just to see just how he interacts. He's a funny guy. I mean, you, you saw him just uh, poking fun at Miles Turner last night when Miles, you know, said that uh, you know we don't have any Hollywood guys in this team, and Miles happened to be wearing a suit with no shirt, a suit with no shirt on, you know, two chains, uh, you know, bare chested, and a uh, uh, you know shades indoors. And Tyrese is like, this guy says we got no Hollywood guys, but look at him in his suit and no shirt on, you know, like he's able to also like kind of cut down his teammates, like he's just. The personality is just great. Style of play is just great. It, you know, people that are, are watching this team can can see that they're that they're seeing something special, and, and you're going to see an, an uptick in interest. Now, again, they've got to maintain it, and you know, they, they got a tough deal where, where they go from this to a four game road trip uh, immediately after. They'll be on the road all week: Detroit, Milwaukee, you know, Washington, um, and uh, Minnesota, and they're not going to get back and play a game in Cambridge until December 18th. So that this thing. This momentum, as far as you know, keeping fan interest has to wait. You know, go for twelve days, um, and it's going to be tough. I mean, you know, for them to go from the, the super high this is going to be, and they're going to get to Detroit, and I'm going to be the only one in the locker room asking them any questions. Um, so it's going to be a, a challenge for them going forward to maintain this. Um, but I do think fans are noticing that, that this is something special for the long term, and they've they've got a really special player uh, that, that has a chance to lift this group up and take them some places they haven't been at least in several years and maybe haven't been ever. All right, Dustin Dopirak, great stuff. Thank you so much for joining us uh, on uh, from Vegas. We appreciate that. And uh, great stuff. We enjoyed the NBA in-season tournament championship on Saturday, and we'll sure catch up with you next Wednesday for your normal segment here on this show. Will do. Thank you so much. All right, uh, talking with Dustin Dopirak out in Las Vegas, joining us at a fairly early hour, still in Vegas after a long night of NBA basketball. But a lot of excitement with the Pacers, and I really look forward Saturday night 
for the first time in a long time to sitting down and watching the Pacers and and getting into the game and following it. So it should be a fun day if you're a basketball guy. You've got, obviously, IU and Auburn afternoon contest, and then you've got the uh, Pacers in the NBA in-season championship game. Uh, Can you imagine if they were able to find a way to beat LeBron? It's a one-game deal. It's not NBA playoffs. It's not best of five or best of seven. It's a one-game deal. It's kind of brought March Madness to the middle of the season. And, you know, if anybody questions how hard NBA guys play, and I think I have done that before, especially early of the season. Uh, look how hard LeBron James played last night. One of his better games really is a Laker in what, six or seven seasons in LA um, right here in December in games that used to be kind of meaningless in some ways. I mean, I know they count toward the standings, but golly, they play so many games and they can build a pad sometime on their record, but uh, good stuff. Great idea. Wish I was in Vegas. That's what I have to say. I think it'd be a lot of fun to be at that championship game on Saturday night. We'll head to a commercial break. We're back to talk IU Auburn and more with Dylan Wallace. Stay with us for that here on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You f***ed it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back on this Friday show. Dylan Wallace, great friend of the program, with us to talk IU Auburn and more here in this segment. And Dylan, for the first time in a long time, I got hung up in the first segment today talking about the Pacers. That's something that we don't always talk about, but uh, what an exciting ball club and what a nice run they're on right in the middle of this uh, inaugural NBA in-season cup. As As a Bulls fan, I'm really jealous of how the Pacers have just kind of taking the league by storm as a young, fun team that um, just kind of is exciting every time you watch them play. Halliburton is, is awesome. They've got an amazing trade out of that from the Kings a few years ago. Um, and they're just, they're a fun story right now. And, you know, they play really well and the, all their games are high scoring and they're, they're really fast paced. So it's going to be a really fun matchup with, um, you know, the Lakers on Saturday and obviously the, Pacers have probably had a long history with LeBron James when he was in Cleveland and Miami trying to get through him with those fellow George teams. So um, it's going to be another fun game for them. And uh, they're the kind of the young fun team right now in the NBA. And I think people are really interested by them. And Alburn's a young star. So it's a, it's an exciting time in the NBA. Those crowds that they're getting in Gamebridge Fieldhouse are awesome too. So um, I'm definitely tuned in as much as I, you know, try to stay loyal to my Chicago teams. The Pacers are just way more fun to watch right now. And it's kind of fun to follow. Dylan Wallace with us. Let's get into IU. I know some fans or listeners saying, enough with NBA, Matt. Let's get to college <laughs> basketball. That's what we tune in for. So for those of you saying that, IU-Auburn uh, discussion coming up now. I think this will be a really good game in Atlanta uh, tomorrow, Dylan. I think these are two teams that are pretty even. Uh, there's still question marks about both teams. Hard to get a read on Auburn because they do have so many different players, so many different guys they use. But I'm expecting a competitive game tomorrow afternoon. Me too. You know, last Friday when we talked, I think I was a little more down on the results this game could have. I thought Auburn, you know, I saw them play their first game against Baylor. They looked pretty good. They had the lead the whole time. Baylor kind of came back and, and just took over at the very end to win. 
And since then, you know, they haven't really played anybody. Um, you know, they beat Notre Dame, which isn't saying much. Michael Shrewsbury's first year here has been a bit of a struggle so far. Um, they just lost to Appalachian State the last time we saw them in action on Sunday. Auburn surely struggled and lost that game. And since that last time we talked, Indiana has won two Big Ten games. You know, they, they beat Maryland pretty handily, and they and they won at Michigan in an ugly game, but a gritty win. And they've done both those without Xavier Johnson, who, um, you know, probably still seems like his status is up in the air. I think it's probably leaning towards he won't play again, but, um, you know, they've done it without him. And, and so far, you know, I think if you're an Indian fan, you're pretty, pretty optimistic right now. This is a, a fun game that the Hoosiers will be able to play against Auburn, who is, is a pretty fast team. Indiana probably has the, the size advantage again, and it's going to be a really, really interesting matchup between these two teams. And, you know, with Indiana, we were talking about this four-game stretch. You know, hopefully you can split them or something. But now you're 2-0, and and you know, now you're looking at trying to, to deal this win against Auburn in Atlanta, and then hopefully you're up for a huge game next Saturday against Kansas. So um, this, this is a really, really good spot for Indiana. They've been playing well, um, and I think they'll be ready to play, and this could be a really fun game on Saturday. Dylan Wallace joining us. We're talking IU basketball. The Hoosiers so far um, have won the games they're supposed to win, especially early on. There were a lot of question marks, and I guess you could say they still are. There still are a number of question marks with this team. But Dylan, I'm to the point of the season where I'm ready to bank on Kellel Ware uh, being a leader. Ready to bank on Kellel Ware uh, having a, a solid number, a consistent number of points and rebounds. He really might be, in my estimation, IU's most consistent performer so far this year. Do you agree? And is there anybody else you have come to count on this year? I think you got to say Malik Renew as well. I think he's been really solid. Um, you know, he, he ran into some foul trouble when they were in Madison Square Garden. Um, but, you know, even even though he got off to a slow start against Michigan, he was kind of their closer down the stretch. I know, I know Khalil hit that last shot. Um, to go to win the game, but Malik was really the guy they were going to down the stretch there in the final five minutes to get baskets, and and he's just he he's always finding ways to score down there. You know, it's different than what Trey Jackson Davis did. It's not as explosive, it's not as athletic, but Malik is just kind of stabbing and strong, good footwork, and and he's been really well. I think those two guys have been really consistent, and I think you can count on them basically every game to be any of his top two players, and and he factor in now. It seems like Mackenzie Abaco has sort of become that third score for Indiana. I think the last four or so games he's been in double digits for the Hoosiers and has really kind of contributed in a in a in a good way. You know, a lot better than he has before that. So I think those three have really sort of emerged as their top players right now. Um, and you just hope if Xavier Johnson get back and healthy and, and kind of play at what we hope he can do. You know, this team could be pretty talented and a pretty tough team to beat. Um, you know, it's just funny that it's an eight and one that doesn't feel maybe as good as it should. I mean, they lost the game they were supposed to lose to UConn. They've won every other game, and, and there's something to be said for that. The Indiana team, is before Mike Woodson got here, would have lost probably three or four of these games they've won this season, and, and that means something. You know, this team, what Mike Woodson is able to do to get guys to believe and just fight in every game, even when it's not going their way, it's been really impressive. So to be 8-1 at this point, and yet to play your best basketball, yet to have your full team humming on all cylinders, I think it's a positive sign, and those two guys in the post, Ware and Renew, have been awesome, and I think they're really consistent, and I think we can count on them the rest of the way. 
Dylan Wallace, our guest, talking IU basketball. Coach Signetti, IU football, it's been put out or announced earlier that he officially has his assistant coaching staff now lined up. So that's one big thing out of the way to get your staff set. Obviously, the next big thing is the transfer portal. It's very immediate. It's unfolding on a daily, if not hourly, down-to-the-minute basis. And, of course, recruiting, making those contacts in his new job as a boss of the Hoosiers. A A lot for the new guy to get done. His coaching staff, he's bringing a lot of guys with him from his former place, mixing in some new guys, and I think actually a couple of holdovers as well. Any thoughts on Coach Sig and who he's got there to help him in this journey to IU football? I think there's nothing that has happened that I've been putting up a flag about. I think it's totally understandable that he's bringing over some guys from Jane Those are guys that he's trusted and guys that he's built programs with, You know, guys that he knows can go out and recruit and, you know, put systems in that can be successful. So I have no problem with that. I think he kept, you know, Bob Bostad, who's the offensive line coordinator for Indiana, and, um, you know, he, he's just done a better job. The old line for Indiana was a lot better this year than it was last year. Um, so to keep him, I mean, it shows that, you know, Signetti thinks he's doing a, a fine work and can really do some stuff. So, you know, obviously a bunch of Indiana players are in the portal. Um, a lot of them are probably going to leave and, and not stick around. But that's, that's just normal. Every, every program goes through that. You know, Texas A&M got a new head coach, and, and now, you know, I'm sure a lot of their good players are going to transfer out as well. It just happens all over the country. So uh, now that the staff is in place for Signetti, you know, we're going to really get to see these guys go out and recruit and in the transfer portal and just try to land some guys that they want that they think could be important to this team. So I'll be curious to see. I, I know James Madison's quarterback from last year went the transfer portal. Is that a guy they want to try to bring with him? I'm not sure. You know, it's going to be really curious to see how they go and find these players um, and, and who they go and get. So um, it, now that they've got the staff in place, we're really going to start to see some visits to Indiana, I'm sure, and some commitments to the Hoosiers through the transfer portal. So it's going to be an everyday thing, like you said. We're going to hear updates. We're going to see visits. We're going to hear names. Basically flew out throughout this whole kind of year and summer. So um, it's going to be interesting to see. And I think signetti has got a good hand on things so far. And I'll be curious to see the roster and kind of construct for, for the spring. All right, Dylan Wallace, he's with us Fridays talking IU basketball. More Dylan, thanks for the chat today, and uh, we'll catch up with you next week. Sounds good. Thank you. All right. uh, As we head to break, a couple notes. Last night, a terrific girls' basketball battle. Number one, Borden. Number two, Lanesville in 1A basketball. Lanesville able to eke out the victory. I didn't see the game, but golly, from some pictures that I saw, a tremendous crowd for a Thursday night girls' basketball game. That is so good to see in our area that the girls can bring out crowds for some of these big games. And I think it's quite a statement about how good small school basketball is here in southern Indiana. It may not always get all the attention that a big New Albany-Jeff game or rivalry does, but we have both boys and girls uh, on the basketball side some very good small school programs. And to have number one, Borden, number two, Lanesville, those schools just really minutes, miles away from each other in southern Indiana in the same conference, uh, just along county borders next to each other, extremely impressive. And uh, I think that we'll see more of their battles in the postseason when it's all on the line because Lanesville and Borden are both teams 
that I think could make a trip uh, deep into the state tournament. Lanesville won the 1A Girls State Championship a year ago. Perhaps they or Borden can bring another one uh, back here to Southern Indiana this year. So fun stuff to see, and that was an outstanding game last night. And a reminder, we've got New Albany at Floyd Central Boys Basketball tonight. Our pregame coverage from Floyd Central High School will begin at 7.05 on the Big X. That's 14.50 a.m., 96.1 FM, streaming online at BigXSportsRadio.com. We're in the TuneIn app. There's all sorts of way to listen. So if you can't make the big game at Floyd tonight, lock us in on the Big X. Uh, look forward to being there. Look forward for the first time this season seeing both of these teams and two new head coaches that we're still trying to learn who they are and uh, how they'll coach and guide these programs, what their styles are. So should be a fun one tonight. We'll head to a commercial break back with Kyle Neddenrip of the Indianapolis Star. More on high school basketball and some recruiting as well. Stay with us for that here on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach, who got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, we're back on this Friday program. Kyle Nedenrip of the Indianapolis Star with us. We talk high school basketball, recruiting, and more when Kyle is with us Fridays. And, Kyle, we had a big Thursday night girls game down here last night in Class 1A basketball. Number one, Borden fell to number two, Lanesville, in a really good game in front of a great crowd last night. Uh, Lanesville, of course, defending 1A state champion. So need to see them get a little bit of uh, mid-December coverage and love uh, with a big crowd and a big rivalry game with uh, meaningful state implications when it comes to the rankings. Yeah, absolutely. I I saw it just briefly on Twitter, uh, the uh, crowd there looked, absolutely awesome and uh yeah that's really really cool hard to believe we're almost uh, i don't even know halfway almost halfway through the girls basketball season uh, probably not quite well we might be getting there but pretty close to halfway through but uh but yeah that looked awesome obviously lanesville and uh and, and borden uh you know passionate communities about their sports and and of course uh you know lanesville last year with winning state a lot of excitement about that team so it's was, it was really cool to see that atmosphere there for uh, for any game but uh that, especially that passion for girls basketball Kyle Nedenrip, Indianapolis Star. And the Pacers, we had uh, Dustin Dopirak on from Las Vegas, but I know you keep up with them right there in Indy. It's amazing uh, the success they are having, and it's also amazing that the crowds and the interest that they are quickly gaining. Yeah, man. I, you know, Dustin, uh, you know, I was reading his stuff from last night, and, uh, you know, we were out, uh, just happened to be at, uh, you know, a local. Uh, B-dubs watching, you know, eating dinner and watching the game last night. And, you know, the whole place was going crazy as that, you know, as, as that, uh, last uh, quarter was, was being played out and, you know, really need to see the, you know, sort of the revival of, of Pacers basketball and, and, uh, just the style they play, you know, just a lot of, I think that's, what's enjoyable about it is how sort of, you know, you feel like you're watching the beginning of something where there's no egos, there's no real, 
you know, there's no real history of success with this group, but it's, it, you feel like you're kind of on the ground floor watching something neat that's coming together. And I know this, you know, this in-season tournament, I, I didn't really know what to expect or what it really means, but, you know, for, for a team like the Pacers, I think it, it shows like what it can mean, you know, to build confidence, to build a, you know, just sort of a basis of like, this is who we are. Uh, maybe, and, and maybe it leads to something for the rest of the season. I, you know, there's no real history of it. So you, you don't quite know for sure what it means, but, uh, but, but uh, obviously for a team like this, it's real young. And now you get a chance Saturday to play, you know, LeBron James and the Lakers and, and that spotlight's going to be on, uh, on an even bigger stage. So I know, you know, it's, it's the NBA where a lot of these guys have been in the spotlight for, for a team like the Pacers and a franchise like the Pacers. It's just a, it's a whole nother thing, uh, especially when you haven't had a lot of recent success or, or, you know, and, and you're kind of starting over and you get this young group, but, but yeah, it's a lot of fun, man. I think, uh, it's always a better place around here when the Pacers are good. And, and, uh, it, it, I think there's a lot of passion for it. That's kind of bubbling underneath the surface. That's ready to, to come out. And I think, uh, you know, I think we're at that point right now. Kyle Dedrip, the Indianapolis star. Kyle, uh, a, a big game and kind of a negative event I want to bring up. I, I know Lawrence North and, L- and Lawrence Central, that is a major rival game in metropolitan Indianapolis. And I think it was a good game on the court, but as fans were exiting the building, uh, there was, a, what, a fight broke out. Maybe there was one gunshot that was fired outside of the building near the entrance to the gymnasium. I know that's one of the negatives sometime around high school sports these days that you hear of, and you just hope that it doesn't happen in your community or even in our state. So what what's the fallout or reaction to that been? I know I think it was a game that happened just a few days ago. Yeah, I was there uh, Wednesday night, uh, you know, every year cover that game. And they moved it to Wednesday night uh, probably 10 years ago, uh, Wednesday night, the first Wednesday of December. And, you know, it's always a huge game, packed house. You know, even the JV game is played in front of a you know sold-out crowd, basically, or at least the second half of it. And that was the case again Friday and or, uh, Wednesday. And, uh, you know, Lawrence North ended up pulling away in the fourth quarter. It was a really good game. Lawrence Central's young and in uh, building and, and LN's kind of the established team, but, you know, they pulled away, won the game, you know, th- as they're on the floor, uh, sort of a, a skirmish broke out in one quarter of the gym and up above. And I was c- sort of walking back towards where I was sitting by Greg Rakestraw and their group there. And all of a sudden all these kids to come running and, and towards you and past you. And I, I just thought, you know, nothing really happened from that. And I, I was thinking, well, it's just maybe, you know, a false alarm or somebody said something to scare people and they, you know, and it sort of ended from there. And then, you know, as we're back down there on the court towards the court, I was standing there by, you know, Jeff Rabjohns and, uh, and Rake Straw and some other David Dixon, uh, who, you know, and, and some other people. And all of a sudden, uh, some kids start running into the gym again, like, and, and, uh, you know, just really sad, you know, is, and we didn't know at that point what was going on, you know, what, what was transpiring exactly outside the gym. Cause we hadn't been out there, you know, so it was, uh, and then very shortly after that, the, uh, the security and police started walking towards the other exit, uh, quickly with rifles. And, uh, so, you know, again, we don't know what's going on outside or anything, 
um, until after the fact. Uh, they told us all to stay in there, basically, you know, until things were secured. And it didn't take, and the, and the teams were in the locker room, uh, told to stay in the locker room. There was family members in the locker room with the teams, um, you know, and it didn't take a whole lot of time. I, I guess what happened when those kids ran back in the gym was that that shot went off outside, right outside the athletic uh, entrance there. And uh, and then that we were told that the the kid who ended up getting arrested was ran back in the building and locked himself in the bathroom in there. Uh, again, this was all, you know, sort of what we were hearing at the time. And <clears throat> pretty quickly, I, I feel like the police and everything got the job done pretty quickly. And, and, you know, luckily, you know, the thing you kept hearing was like, well, at least no one was hurt, you know, and, and that was the main thing. But a lot of, you know, as I was walking back out, you know, after the game, there's a lot of people out there crying and, and kids who I think are, you know, unfortunately affected by this. And, and in my, you know, I was talking to Jeff Rabjones about this yesterday for quite a while and just sort of the, in the moment, you don't know what to think, you know, it just feels like things are sort of falling out of control a little bit and, and you don't even know what's going on outside the gym. Nothing happened in the gym. You know, I will say that. I mean, I, I read some things online where on social media, but nothing, the kid didn't run into the gym. He ran into a, towards the field house area and into a bathroom, but um, but yeah, I was just, I mean, at the end of the day, no, no one got hurt. You know, it was a, it was a huge police presence, um, at the game and after the fact, and, you know, I guess we'll just have to be, you know, there's, I'm sure it'd be more things put in place, uh, moving forward, but there was a lot anyway. I mean, there is a, a metal detector as you walk in, I was told the kid was never actually in the game. He was just outside after the game. So, you know, I don't know what you can do about all that other than, other than, you know, just, uh, just be careful and, uh, as much as we can, but you know, this is, this is a bad situation, but again, no one got hurt. You know, I, I don't know, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's obviously a story, but, um, but yeah, I mean, just, just, just a bad thing. It made me sick to my stomach, you know, just the whole thing. And, and I hope it doesn't keep these kids from coming back out to, to be supportive, you know, so. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's just a, it's a, it's a, it's a bad thing, but it could have been worse. I, I'll say. Absolutely. Just a downer to hear anything negative like that around high school sports, which are still so sacred uh, in our state for sure. Kyle Dedrip, the Indianapolis star with his Fridays. Kyle, thanks. We'll talk with you again next week. All right. Thanks, man. Have a good weekend. I also wanted to pass along, this is from earlier in the week, but Rutgers with a huge commitment. They got point guard Dylan Harper, who, depending on what recruiting service you look at, is number one or number two in the class of 2024. Indiana was in his group of final schools, Duke, Kansas, Indiana, Auburn, Rutgers, and I think maybe a few others as well. But uh, obviously the Harper family with a connection to Rutgers, so uh, his commitment there likely helps Rutgers with other recruits and makes them uh, a pain in Indiana and Purdue and uh, other Big Ten teams' side, at least for the year or so that Harper is there. He's really good and expected to get to the NBA. Have a great weekend. Join us tonight for New Albany Floyd Central, 7.05 pregame. If you can't make it, I'm back Monday to recap everything here on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.